Have you ever dreamed of one day owning your own business, but just don't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On All Things Franchising, you will hear from top national franchisers, successful franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, and others who support this fast-growing business model. So grab a cup of coffee and pen and notepad because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host, Linda Ballesteros. Hey folks, welcome to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballesteros. I'm your host today. And thanks so much for joining me and carving some time out of your busy day uh, to spend that with me. So today we're talking about social media marketing. Recently read an article that went like this. It doesn't matter if you run a small local shop or a big national company. Social media is an essential piece of your business marketing strategy. Social platforms help you connect with your customers, increase awareness about your brand, and boost your leads and sales. With more than 3 billion people around the world using social media every month, the users and in uh, the users and engagement on major platforms just keep increasing. So that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today is how it is so important to be out there, to be on social media, and what that should look like as well. So my guest today is Aubrey Coderre, and she is with C-Square Social. Uh, Aubrey is the National Sales Manager of C-Square Social. C-Square Social helps small retailers uh, harness the power of social media to increase sales and build customer databases. Help me in welcoming Aubrey to the show. Hey, Aubrey. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm so glad you're here because, you know, Aubrey, I've had a Facebook account since 2008, but when it comes to putting information out there about my business, I don't think I'm as good at that as I am in sharing memes. So there's got to be a bit of a secret to this. So before we get started with your secrets here, um, tell me a little bit about your background and how you were drawn to C-Square. Yeah, thank you. Um, So it's pretty interesting. I've actually, um, C-Square is heavily involved in the franchise space. We support on the local level, you know, with franchisees, and we also support at the corporate level with franchise development. So um, when I was in my early 20s, I actually met my first boss in franchising, Rebecca Monet, um, when we were taking some public speaking classes. And so she kind of introduced the franchise model to me and introduced certainly her company um, called Zoracle Profiles. And a lot of our clients were franchise consultants and franchisors that were evaluating um, prospective fit of candidates. And so it was really eye-opening to me, um, really just what the model was and how, how much research goes into a franchise selection process and, and why having a good fit candidate makes sense. And um, one of the things that often came up from my clients were the challenges in recruiting for franchise prospects. And so what that marketing looks like and how that all comes together. And um, one day I was on LinkedIn, like most of us are, as you know, salespeople are professionals. And um, my now boss, Cody Crail, 
reached out to me and sent me a LinkedIn message and just was like, hey, you know, it looks like we're in, in franchising together. Um, and they were local to me at the time. Um, and so I went and had a meeting with them. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what my clients need. It's targeted marketing. Like if you were looking for mm -hmm. anything, a, a customer or a franchisee, why wouldn't you use more analytics and targeted information to drive that message to them? So, um, you know, we had that meeting and we tried to figure out a partnership and I went to a different company after that, but then, um, you know, T-Square just continued to grow and I was referring clients to them. And, you know, a year later, I, I came on board full time. So it really kind of was this introduction of franchising at large and really seeing just a need um, from what my clients were saying well before it was something mm -hmm. that I could offer. Um, and then growing into that role. And I think I'm closing out on my third year here. So um, oh, it just great. kind of tied together all the things that I found interesting um, and, you know, my work history. And, and it's been a great um, opportunity just to continue learning and supporting mm -hmm. the space. Yeah, that's that's a great story because um, as we network out there and as we uh, find those referral partners, so to speak, you never know where that relationship's going to go. And you right. never know if someday that referral partner may be your boss. And so uh, yeah. it, it's great to see that happen because it, it, certainly, it certainly does happen. So talk to me a little bit now about – what does C-Square do for clients? Where do you start when a franchisee or a franchisor comes and says, okay, we need to open up this market? Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's such a mixed bag, right? And I always tell my clients, we can be mm -hmm. a la carte if you just need one little piece, or we can be as white gloved as you, you need us to be. And so certainly, um, you know, a, a relationship with a franchisee is likely to be very different than one with a franchisor. So um, on a local level, oftentimes we're supporting with brand awareness, like you said at the very beginning. Sometimes when a franchise is opening a new location in a market where um, you know, they have no existing locations. There's a really big emphasis on getting that brand out there, you know, um, okay. and that's part of the franchise model, right? We're expanding into new territories. We're bringing the brand to different places. So our relationship with a franchisee um, can be from employee recruiting to grand opening support to ongoing, um, you know, new client acquisition. Um, I think one of the things that is often under-recognized is really the power of social media and how many different facets and functions there are within the program. So, um, you know, you can be as pin drop specific as a building that you want to market to, or you can be as broad as a country. So there's a lot of control and um, targeting opportunities within that. So really supporting the, the franchisee's core business um, is, is one function. And then on the corporate side, you know, that similar support structure can certainly follow, but oftentimes when we're working um, at the corporate level, a big part of our ability and relationship is with recruiting franchise prospects. So, you know, really getting into what are the financial requirements? What are the backgrounds of franchise candidates? Where do we think they're coming from? Um, and then crafting that message to reach them, you know, as they spend their time online. And so that could certainly be on Facebook or it could be on Instagram or, or using the audience network, which is an extension of Facebook um, to get in front of those candidates. But it's really, uh, how do you penetrate somebody's daily life and bring them something that adds value that can change their life, whether it is, you know, buying a business or having a great new cup of coffee at a local store that you didn't know existed. You know, um, I think the impact of social is, is really, I mean, it's tremendous. I think about that all the time, like the change of 
the economy when you're adding new businesses or if you've gotten somebody a job. You know, it's really, it's actually really pretty dramatic. And it's mm-hmm. exciting to and, do that. And, you know, you're talking about um, working with franchisors in um, finding and getting in front of the pr- prospective franchisees. Talk to me mm-hmm. a little bit about, let's start there and talk to me a little bit about um, how you evaluate who it is that the franchisor sees would be a perfect fit for their company. Uh, clearly, every one of them is going to be somewhat different. Um, yes. You know, there, there are going to be some similarities. There's going to be that um, career transition. You know, maybe it's the corporate executive or maybe it's the, the nurse or whatever it is. How do you go about evaluating that and then actually targeting that person specifically in social media? Right. It's a great question. And I think the one thing that everyone needs to always keep in mind when, when you're using any type of marketing is that it's always, there's a starting point and there's an optimization point. So um, when you're targeting somebody on social, oftentimes you're bringing them, if you're hitting them for the first time, right? So if you, if you as a franchisor said to me, I want to target, you know, the DFW area, I want to target Austin, I want to look for people that have an income of this range, Um, you know, they're certainly searching for franchise opportunities, we're a new market coming there, so maybe we want to target people that, um, you know, maybe they buy a certain way, there's a lot of of baseline information that we'll build into the targeting, Um, and that's going to hit a very broad audience, and we're going to hit them with an engaging message, right, so what will happen is people will start to see those messages, and they'll respond, right, Um, we don't just get to call people because they've seen an ad. They have to answer a couple of questions. They have to fill out their information, and then that information will get sent back to a corporate sales team. Um, what happens from there is we start to have conversations about quality and engagement because as a marketing company, you know, we're not making the calls, but we need to hear who's answering the phone, who's a good candidate, what about them made them a good candidate, and then we take that data and we apply it, apply it back to the campaign. So this is a continuous um, shifting optimization point. There isn't a perfect formula. Every brand is different. You know, even if you're talking to two burger concepts, one may have better brand equity than the other one, and so their lead flow works better, right? So we have to really mm-hmm. kind of get into it with each concept to, to refine that. The other way that we'll work with concepts is there's a big use for custom audience data and pixel remarketing. So these are just some kind of basic tools that are available for anybody to use, but I think oftentimes are uh, underutilized, right? So a custom audience would be like, hey, these are our top tier franchisees. We want more of them in the system, and we can use um, certain data pieces to have the system go find more people that match their behavior online, right? A lot of this is algorithm driven. So it looks at um, how does this data set Spend, search, act, you know, what do they do online? Now let's go find a matching audience to that. Um, so we're definitely using some back-end technologies that as humans we don't control, but, um, you know, programmatic systems do. Um, and then another audience or tier of data that we can use to find more franchise candidates is we can tap into pixel data. And pixel is something that lives on your website. It's just invisible code, but what it does is it anonymously captures who's coming to the website and where they go after that. So we can remarket to people that maybe looked at your franchise development page but didn't submit information. Uh, Maybe they've been there three times, you know. So it starts to 
every brand has organic equity, right? Like they've built some type of um, fan base or interest base that's learning about the franchise opportunity, and we can use that information to help support in their growth efforts. So there's kind of like three main buckets I always suggest, um, and we tie Mm -hmm. those things together. But, you know, it's not a light switch. It's something that we have to look at and we have to evaluate and we have to um, optimize over time, and that's what makes the campaigns most successful, you know, because you're using data across the board to kind of strengthen performance. Well, that certainly tells me why my um, post once a quarter are probably not uh, as effective as maybe <laughs> what what C Square probably has in mind. But uh, because I tell you what, I it, I think some small business owners, so I'm you know it, whether they're franchised or not, some small business owners think that if they just post something casually out there every now and then, um, that it's yeah. going to be effective. But that's not a marketing Mm-mm. plan, is it? No. <laughs> no, and, it, you know, it's like that – remember that movie where it was like if you build it, they will come? It was that baseball movie. Yeah. It, like, it doesn't work like that, right? Like, you don't, <laughs> you don't open a store and yeah. suddenly you have a bunch of clients. Like, you can get, you know, a grand opening rush, but does it continue? And the, I tell all my clients, it's the core of everything is – what I call the three C's, right? So it's communication, consistency, and collaboration. And you, like, if you think about how noisy online is, if you only post something once a quarter, and if you only post it, generally speaking, but you don't have any targeting behind it, maybe 5,000 people see it, but does it matter if those 5,000 people see it? Are those the people that are going to move the needle forward for your business? You know, um, so there is a lot of strategy and thought that has to go into this. And part of it, you know, sometimes can feel a little bit like a guessing game, right? Because maybe mm-hmm. you didn't realize this core audience was actually your core audience, or maybe there's a ton of engagement potential and education in that, that vertical. So I always suggest that, you know, you go in with a plan, but be open-minded, be a little bit broad, see what happens. And then based on the data, we make decisions about how to move that forward. But yeah, you know, just posting something, if 500 people see it, are they the right 500 people? You know, maybe right. they are, but they probably aren't. And that's what we have to look at, saying that, you know, there were so many impressions. That doesn't – you need impressions to make sales. But if the impressions are to the wrong people, then does it, you know, does it matter? So those are the things – I think right. there's a lot of missing education and, and what these, you know, buzzwords mean um, <laughs> and how you apply mm-hmm. that to actually being successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are, so you know, the things that we work on. We've kind of talked, we've kind of talked a little bit about the franchisor. So let's kind of shift to the franchisee. Many times, mm-hmm. um, it, each one of them is different. Each franchisor has um, different requirements of the franchisee mm-hmm. when it comes to advertising. Um, You know, maybe there's a pool for national uh, and then they're responsible for X percent or X dollars per month for local. Um, How is local marketing on social media different than the national marketing that maybe a franchisor would do on social media? Yeah, that's a great question. So usually – they mirror each other, right? And so ultimately what it comes down to is, like, I have a client that um, they run a national brand awareness campaign, right? So they have franchisees all throughout the United States, um, and 
the franchisor is running a compliment, not complimentary, but it's a, it's a plan that nationally will reach out to their targeted audience base. And then what will happen is it'll drive the audience that they're targeting back to corporate's website, you know, to learn more information. And then if that generates an inquiry to a specific targeted area, that lead will go to the candidate. But the value mm-hmm. of that marketing nationally, I mean, it's there. It's huge. It's very important that that brand awareness is out there. But you're talking about one bread budget spread over a very large geographic area. The franchisees then can take control of that data or, or complement from that data and really aggressively market to their area. So a budget of, you know, $500, let's say, a month nationally almost does nothing, right? Because I always like to use the analogy of you're spreading, you're spreading the butter, you know, too thin on the toast, right? But if you have a mm-hmm. tighter region and you're spending that $500 in that, the impact is likely larger. So, I mean, they're mm-hmm. mirroring the efforts of corporate, but they're penetrating their own market and it's their market, right? So they need to be successful there and they need to own that. But those two things should be, should be synchronized. Um, Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's, there's really typically not enough money at a corporate level, I would imagine, to fully impact a local market enough that, like, mm-hmm. a franchisee shouldn't be taking that on for themselves, you know. So they tie together nicely, but any, any money that a franchisee spends in their local market is likely to be more beneficial um, directly to themselves than waiting for the passive awareness that a, a national campaign can drive, right? So. They mm-hmm. marry each other, um, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's just a more concentrated effort in their market. Um, hopefully that makes sense. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, abs- absolutely. It, it did make sense. So I'm sure that you get asked this question all the time is, which platform should I focus on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, and that's a great question because it really is specific to the type of business, you know. Um, so I – I certainly am fond. We're a Facebook agency partner, you know, so we get extra help and tools from Facebook. I think for a lot of local businesses, there is a, it's important to have a Facebook business page and it's important to have a business listing page, right? So that if somebody searches for you on the two most popular platforms in the world, your business can come up and you can be found and then they can, they can go to your business. Um, I think based on like age demographics and who your clients are, that could also shift. Um, where you want to invest most of your money. But for things like food or salons or, you know, it, it's great to be visual on Facebook and on Instagram. People want to see what that looks like. They want to see what your services look like. Um, and it's incredible to have that reach there. Um, you know, for business services and stuff, you know, I would still argue that those pages are, are predominantly going to be the most successful. I think um, it's, Back to my statement on being broad, it's good to see where the best engagement is coming from and then focusing, once you find that, focus on that for your business because some businesses are still extremely successful with print marketing. Um, I have some friends that run agencies that do print and that's really where their clients excel, you know, and I wouldn't have thought that honestly um, mm-hmm. when I found out in 2018 <laughs> that they were doing that, but it's mm-hmm. really impactful for the clients that they have. And so, um mm-hmm. I think people need to be open to it and then, and then check based on their market. You know, maybe if they're in a rural area, something like mail could be better versus digital kind of expanding that spend. Mm-hmm. So it really mm-hmm. is, an, is, is a almost personal business decision, but oh, we're always happy to walk mm-hmm. them through those questions. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you said, sometimes it is, um, it's just, you have to test things out first. 
mm-hmm. to see what specifically works. Um, it's, and you're it's, always marketing happy. is <laughs> right and and tweaking. You know, there's always that tweaking that goes along with that as well. And um, marketing is not one of those things where you put it out there and then all of a sudden your phone's ringing constantly. Um, Mm -hmm. That's not the way that works at all. It is um, getting getting it out there on a consistent basis, right? Mm -hmm. And be willing to, you know, be flexible and have offers. And how are you going to drive new clients into your location? And, you know, you don't want to appear stale. Like one of the things that – is always interesting to me on a digital front is like blog writing, right? It's very, it's very educational. It's very useful. But if you blog, you can't have your last blog be from a year ago. When, cause when somebody does right. go to your website and they look like if there's this huge gap, it's like, wait, are they still open? You know? So that's why it goes right. back to that consistency of, of being engaging. And maybe it's not a narrative or, you know, a novel that you're writing every time, but if you're going to do it, you have to continue and you have to look at, Hey, this, ad set didn't perform. Maybe nobody wants the free, you know, coffee upgrade, but maybe they'd be interested in our muffins. You know, like you have mm-hmm. to be willing to put your business out there and look at all the things that you have to offer clients and what are they most interested in getting? Because if you're only interested in a promotion that serves yourself or your business, it might not speak to your clients. So you could waste all this money doing something <laughs> and net no return. So it's not right. necessarily that the marketing didn't work or your efforts didn't but maybe your efforts didn't align with what your audience actually wants. And you always have to be thinking of like from your customer's point of view, um, not right. necessarily your business, your business hat. You right. Know? right. Right. That's a really good point because um, as a life coach and a business coach, I've, um, I've coached people that have said, I'm going to leave my corporate job. I have got this widget and it absolutely is going to blow the socks off. It'll be international within six months. And when they start explaining that widget to me, I, I don't know anybody that would use it. And mm-hmm. they had not done any, any market analysis to see if, if it's even something anyone wants. I mean, today yeah. you, can't, you can't have a business that's selling – uh, beepers, you know, that's kind of no. run its course, you know? <laughs> so you right. could do the best marketing in the world. You could have the the best marketing strategy out there, but you you got to also think about what your widget is and is it, is right. it relevant today? Yeah, it's, it's really – yeah, we have to get outside of ourselves, you know, what I mean? yeah. <laughs> like, and that yeah. can be tough. And, and what's that saying? You know, everyone's baby is, is the cutest. Like it's, and even, I mean, I, I use that when I talk about franchising, you know, because mm-hmm. everyone thinks their system's the best. And when you're going to ask somebody to invest, you know, half a million dollars or, or, you know, yeah. refinance their home or postpone putting college tuition money in there, kids yeah. fund like we got to look at it We're like is this is this appealing and what makes it appealing and and what are your, your value prop right like why are we going to mm-hmm. ask people to put it all on the line to join the system and if those things aren't working then if it doesn't matter what kind of leads you're getting you know or does it, it doesn't yeah. matter what kind of marketing you're doing like that story really needs to be consistent and and provable at some point you know obviously going into business there's risks and all those things i'm definitely not taking away from that but what 
cake have we built to present to somebody, you know, to get them to eat it and come on board um, are the things that we, mm-hmm. even as a marketing partner, we look at because then, then we position that. So those, all those things, mm-hmm. doesn't matter what you're doing. Um, it cannot yeah. just be about you. Um, it's how will people respond. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. Aubrey, I need to take a quick commercial break. And I tell you what, I love stories. Um, You happen to have any that you could share with us when we come back from commercial? I'm sure I can come up with a couple. (laughs) Okay. I'm sure you can. So, folks, we're going to be right back after this commercial break. House Talk Radio. Join Tony and Wendy Gambone on House Talk Radio, where they talk all things house. From tips on home repairs and remodeling to best practices on buying and selling a home, hiring contractors, home loans, and insurance, as well as decorating ideas and how to get the most bang for your buck. If you would like more information about House Talk Radio, go to housetalkradio.com. Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. Linda Ballestetos is a catalyst to becoming a business owner through franchising. Whether you are looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America, change your lifestyle, allowing you to enjoy the fun things in life, or if you're looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come. Contact Linda today to start the process of being your own boss. Linda at EmpowerFranchiseConsulting.com, 832-640-4922. Hey, folks, welcome back to All Things Franchising. We're talking about social media marketing today uh, with Aubrey from C-Square Social. So, uh, Aubrey, before you share that story with us, if somebody is listening and they think, you know, I could use some help with my social media marketing in my local area, how would they get in touch Mm -hmm. with you? So I am always available by email or phone, or they can find me on LinkedIn. Um, should I say my phone number right now, or do you want me to save that for later? No, no, go ahead. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Give out so, what you want the people yeah, can, to know. Perfect. I can be reached. Um, my direct line is 760-637-4679, um, or my email, aubrey at csquaredsocial.com, and that's C-S-Q-U-A-R-E-D, social, S-O-C-I-A-L.com. Um, and my, my first name, A-U-B-R-E-E. It's a weird one. So just so people get the right spelling there. Very good. <laughs> so you promised us a story, so I can hardly wait. Yeah. So I think this is, it just kind of ties into to really a consistent kind of pattern that we see with our clients. So because we thinking about one partner in particular, it's a big business. Um, they have, gosh, not only dozens, but close to a hundred um, restaurant concepts under their portfolio. So they have a very well-established marketing team, um, you know, very successful in their own growth, but we've been partnered with them for about a year now. And so I think one of the things like, and this is kind of on the franchise development side, but um, one of the things that's always really interesting is people get used to selling sometimes the item and we don't think about the difference in marketing tactics that have to be deployed when you're talking about a brand, right? So it's easier to find someone to buy a burger for $5 than it is to find them to buy the restaurant, you know, at X times that cost. And so um, we've been working with them, like I said, for like a year. And there was one director that we've worked with pretty exclusively in a lot of his territories. 
Um, and then we've added additional uh, kind of area directors to this funnel. And it's always intimidating, right? When you, anytime you bring on a new partner, anytime you bring on a new project, you want to do the best for everybody. But it's been really overwhelmingly exciting, really, just to see that with self-managed marketing can certainly work or different styles can work. But really the value I think that we bring to our clients is the mass amount of data and experience that we have because we've worked with so many brands and so many different kind of strategies on development, but honing into the custom audiences, reapplying that data to the franchise development campaigns and starting to get that success and momentum that maybe they haven't been able to match internally is always huge. And then when we have one of the um, kind of more senior directors coming on and just being blown out of the water with the success that we're having in a pretty tight market, um, it's just been exciting to know that we can be like we know that we can do it, right? But then when you see it happening with a, a client that you kind of had anxiety about because it's such a big deal and you really want them to be successful, but that's something that's been going on really more so in the last couple of months with these guys um, as marketing has been coming back on, um, you know, with 2020 being the year that it was, um, there was a lot of shifts. But when you can work through just some of these tricky targets and tricky areas to see growth that – they've struggled with, um, you know, just with trying to, to self-manage on some of these campaigns has been really exciting. Um, and I mm-hmm. think it just kind of goes back to, again, realizing that each, each objective that a business is trying to accomplish requires a unique strategy. And it's not what you've always done is always going to work. You know, people's appetites for consuming media changes, how they research things changes. And, you know, it's a lot of work to manage and adjust a campaign to get effective um, responses. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's where we can really come in and be experts and support our clients with those, those tricky situations. Um, I think I totally jumbled that story, but. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, you know, one of the things, Aubrey, that you said, and it's that, um, that phrase that I think we should have, you know, some dark Halloween music go with, but it's 2020. And it's that pandemic. So, folks, if you're listening (laughs) to the recording, it is October the 16th of 2020. So how has this year changed the way and and the approach that you guys have taken uh, in social media marketing? Because certainly nobody had this in their marketing plan last year, Aubrey. So nobody was prepared for this. (laughs) So... How have y'all made any changes, or have you? Um, no, there's actually been <clears throat> a lot of changes because, you know, all the traditional efforts that, that people have gotten used to doing, especially, you know, I'll take this in pieces, so I'm going to start with franchise development. You know, you had trade shows, you had expos, you had all these different ways to get on front of clients, um, and all of that went away. You know, like the rugs came out from all of us. So, um, you know, the big P word, pivot, um, you know, it started becoming how do we control this education process or how do we get in front of people to drive that engagement without being dependent on being on location for a couple of days where everybody's driving traffic there. So we've seen a growth and we've seen changes in, you know, coordinating and executing online expos to be more educational, um, brand managed, right, not like a collective group. Um, we've seen people just have to get more aggressive because not everybody always used digital 
um, aggressively. I think it may have been like a passive thought because again, you had all these different channels to meet with candidates. And so um, certainly in Q, what was that? One, one, one to two, um, nobody was marketing, nobody knew what to do. And so I think everybody kind of stopped spending to evaluate what was mm-hmm. happening, but it's really come back with a vengeance. Um, so people are being more aggressive about how to manage and hit those goals that, you know, maybe have been postponed from earlier this year. I've seen a huge spike in, um, we'll call them solo, solopreneurs, right? Not Mm -hmm. just franchise businesses, but independent people really trying to take control of their future. And, you know, our company fields hundreds of calls a month from, you know, brand new startup businesses talking about how do I market my business and how do I get competitive? I mean, there's been a huge shift to e-com, even like, you know, we're a franchise, we sell this product, right. and now, you know, we'd like to help with online sales, too. So um, the strategies have gotten aggressive, you know, and they need to be because, again, it was already noisy. It's getting noisier. We have political ads running at, you know, $12 million a week. Like, there's <laughs> the space. The, lim- the Internet is limited, limitless, right? But we're having a lot more people come to play. So, I mean, it's exciting because, um, like you were saying earlier, you know, we're home, we're online, we're researching, we're trying to figure out what our next steps are going to be as individuals. And so as a company, if you're trying to position yourself as a leader or as an opportunity for them to move into, you need to be online, you need to be digital, you need to be adding value, and you need to be thinking about those behaviors of somebody who might be in that position so that you can craft a campaign that will reach them. So um, it's been really, I, I would say, a, a lot more strategic. I mean, it's always been strategic, but really trying to tap into the behavior of that potential buyer um, to, you know, navigate that process has been really mm-hmm. exciting this year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, it, it has been exciting, challenging, you know, throw all the, those emotions in a pot, stir them up, and I'm sure we all feel those on an hourly basis. Um, how do you see things changing going forward? You know, your experience in not just the franchise industry, but what you're seeing in social media marketing. Um, what are your ideas, Aubrey, about it moving forward? I think that it's, it's going to play and grow in the importance of it, you know, with a business because, Again, I think historically, and it's kind of moved out of that, but people didn't take social media as a serious channel for, I think, business Mm -hmm. growth. You know, it's kind of, I mean, I think it's matured really into its use. And I think now that, like, even, you know, we're in Nashville right now. I had a meeting, and so I was looking for a restaurant last night, and so I, I jumped on Facebook, and I typed in, you know, restaurants near me, and I was able to see what was highest ranked, what was open, what mm-hmm. was dining, you know, like these are huge <laughs> access points to getting clients. And so, you know, really taking that seriously as a channel for getting and engaging with new clients, I think is only going to get um, more important, you know, um, having mm-hmm. consistent messaging across all locations is going to be more important and being accurate and up to date about what you offer for a potential client um, is again just going to it's just going to increase because if people can't walk, you know, downtown city halls or, or you know, downtown city areas just to kind of be out and stroll for the day, they're going to have to be more specific about what they're looking for. And so, um, you know, keeping a regular um, updating stage and just communicating through there to your audience, I think, is just going to continue to dominate as a method for um, 
you know, growing that yeah. space. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. And I do agree with the, your statement about it has matured over mm-hmm. the decades that it's been out there. You know, initially, I mean, Facebook started on campuses, you know, and right. it has, you know, and, and now everybody is on it. Um, so <laughs> it has certainly evolved and changed and um, has tried to meet our needs uh, by making some changes. So, uh, Aubrey, we're down to the end of the show. Uh, one more time, if somebody is looking for some help on social media and they really need an expert that can create those campaigns that will be more effective than their once a quarter meme post, um, how would they get in touch with <laughs> Which you, again, Aubrey? Those are still good. So they're still good. Okay. It's good to share your personality uh, with your clients. So, um, <laughs> My LinkedIn, you know, you can find me there. So my name is Aubrey Codier, um, A-U-B-R-E-E, Codier, C-O-D-E-R-R-E. Um, my direct line is 760-637-4679. And, of course, my email address, um, Aubrey at csquaredsocial.com. Um, or, I mean, we have great tips on our website, too. So if people just wanted to peek and, and see what we have going on, um, www.csquaredsocial.com is a great resource as well. Lovely. Great. Aubrey, yeah. thanks so much for being on the show today and sharing uh, your tips and tricks for social media marketing. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, and I hope it was helpful. I'm sure it was. So, folks, you know, Aubrey had mentioned at one point that, um, you know, there's that old saying, um, build it, they will come. And it's interesting that she said that because, you know, I always leave you with a quote at the end of the show. And this is a Seth Godin quote, and it goes like this. Build it and they will come only works in the movies. Social media is, social media is a build it, nurture it, engage them, and they may come and stay. So keep that in mind when you're thinking about social media marketing, and you might want to give C-squared a call and see what they can do for you. Folks, thanks so much for being with me today on All Things Franchising, and we'll see you next time. Another great episode of All Things Franchising is now in the books. You can listen to past shows by following All Things Franchising on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today. And be sure not to miss us next time when we bring you a brand new episode of All Things Franchising.